0: let me just tell you a little bit about me so you know why I'm here and why would I do what I do. I live just north of Nashville, Tennessee. Um, my husband and I have eight children and six grandchildren. And in 1995, I was a patient in a mental hospital. So welcome to your afternoon session. So that's my story. And I hope you won't think I'm too flip about mental illness. But if you do, I always say, that's my story. And that's how I share it. And that's the story that brings me to you today. So welcome, friends, to Consider Yourself Hugged, episode 39. Today's hug, our inner critics, part two. I am Dr. Tammy West, here every week to bring you tips on living a life that brings you mental and emotional well-being. I didn't actually name the inner critic episode a few weeks ago, part one, because I didn't know there'd be a part two, and yet, voila, here we are. So here's the scoop, and by the way, I will post the link to part one in the show notes. Um, I hope this won't sound kind of like way like around through the neighborhood, around the bushes, Um, but this is how my mind worked when I decided to talk about this. It went back to a few years ago. I was speaking at an event, and it did not go well. The AV didn't work. The crowd was about a quarter of the size it was supposed to be. They were super droopy, like almost falling asleep with the speaker before me as I was watching. And I was not great. I just wasn't. So, a friend of mine was with me, and after it was over, we left to go to dinner. And I think I I remember there was maybe like a historic kind of square there or something. It was a cute little place. And we found a a little, it was a diner maybe. And we went inside, and I think it was cool outside at that time, and it was warm and it was cozy, and we were so glad because she had worked some things at that event too. So, we sat down, and the server came to our table. And I think said something about offering us a beer, but then said, oh, do y'all drink? And I literally said, I am tonight. Now, I had not had anything to eat that day since like early in the morning. And this was about seven o'clock at night. And if you know me, you probably know I'm a total lightweight. I hardly ever drink. And when I do, it's like, it's like Welch's grape juice with like a tiny kick, I just, that's what I do. I don't really like to drink. So the the glass of wine came out and it was enormous. I'll post, I actually took a picture of it and I gulped it because I was thirsty and holy moly, did it affect me. I actually sent my husband in some texts later that were just ridiculous and they, they wrote back, what is wrong with you? But after the effects of that wine wore off and especially after a good night's sleep, I began that whole beating myself up. So now jump forward to recently. A friend of mine are working through that self-esteem book that I mentioned in that episode. Okay, remember the link will be in the show notes. And we decided, because it's been years since I read it, and even when I did read it, I never finished it. And I didn't do it as like a study, I just read it. And I used it to help me some, but also to talk about in some of my sessions. So last week we did chapter one, and like most chapter ones of books, it was basically an overview. But three things... And how I process these three things stood out to me so much that I wanted to talk about them to you. So here are the three things. Remembering this is just an overview, so I'm sure we're going to go deeper later. And if there's things that affect me then, I'll, I'll do updated episodes. So the first thing in that overview chapter was the concept of looking at your self-esteem and that critical voice that you have and, and deciding whether it is global or situational. So you can probably figure out what that means. But global means you think you suck all the time. You know, you suck as a friend, you suck as a person, you're terrible at work, you never say the right thing, you're just not worth being around. And that's, that's a pretty deep place to be. But it's handled differently than the second part, which is situational. So I was like, okay, you know, I've had a lot of therapy over my life, I've spent a lot of time doing self help. But I thought, okay, let let me just go ahead and think this through. No, I I don't think it's global. Like, I think there are many things in my life that that I'm okay at. You know, I I don't beat myself up all the time, so it must be situational. And if I really have to be honest with you, the situation that can really get to me more than any other is the speaking. Um, And so what I mean by that is if I'm doing something new and I think, oh, my gosh, am I up to this? Am I good enough? Can I do this? And I put all this pressure on myself and I think I'm just not up to it. So, if you've been with me before, hopefully that doesn't change um, your opinion of me as a speaker. But once I do a, a type of event a few times and I feel comfortable, then I still have what you would consider like the normal jitters before you go, and I think that's normal. And I think that adrenaline adrenaline helps you just get pumped up and ready to go. But sometimes the really new ones, they really do get to me. So I want to come back to that in a minute. So that's the first thing is. Spending some time with yourself and evaluating if you are dealing with low self esteem and that inner critic is it global? Is it all the time? Is it just you as a person? Or is it situational? And what are the situations that get to you the most? The second thing then is to figure out what the function is because every thought, and I I underlined this in the book, every thought, no matter how destructive, has a payoff, it has a purpose. So like, why would we have the same thought over and over again that's critical that makes us feel bad if it doesn't have some sort of a purpose? Okay. So then in my mind again, I thought, well, what is the purpose? Well, I think that one's pretty obvious. The purpose is to drive me to do better. The purpose is to push me to plan. The purpose is to drive me to do the best presentation that I possibly can. So there's a function. I recognize that there's a function. And I know later in the book, what we're going to do is we're going to figure out better ways to strive for that same purpose without that voice just constantly. Okay, so number one, is your self-esteem slash critical voice global all the time? Or is it situational? And what are the situations? Number two, what is the function of that voice? There's got to be something that it's trying to get you to do. And the third one is the part that actually when I started this or decided to talk about this, I was only going to talk about number three, but then I couldn't really unbundle it from, from one and two. This is my favorite thing. Number three is to give your critical voice a name. Now it sounds pretty simple, um, but for me, it got a little bit complex and also kind of funny. So when they said give it a name, the, the deal was you could call your inner voice, the bully or the jerk, um, which is fine. But then there was a, a paragraph in there about a woman whose mother had been her critical voice growing up. So she gave her voice the name, I don't know, it was like Marsha. And I thought, that's, that's what I want to do. I want to give my voice, my inner voice, like a real name. So I thought, okay, if it's the speaking, if it's my career, if that's where, if that's my situational critical voice, then where did that come from? What's the voice? And so I go back And I think I've told this story a little bit, maybe, maybe on the first or second episode about my student teaching, which was what sort of directly landed me in the mental hospital. Of course, there was all the growing up stuff. But when I did my student teaching, um, I had two teachers, both criticize me in front of My supervisor, another teacher, and also students. And by criticize, I mean they they both said things like, you have no initiative. You don't belong here. You don't seem to want to work. You're not trying very hard. You never speak up. Oh, my gosh. It was devastating to me. Devastating to be talked about that way, especially in front of other people. And so I thought, well, that I thought, well, let me go back, and I'll have to think for a minute. What was that first teacher's name? I can't believe I even forgot either one of their names. But then I realized, I thought, no, wait a minute. I started having panic attacks when I was young. You know, when I was a child, I've been dealing with this most of my life. So that can't be the initial voice. Well, another thing I don't remember if I've talked about. My sister and I were both bullied. Uh, middle school was pretty horrible. I'm assuming if you've been to middle school, you know that it can be horrible. Now, I don't know whether you have been on, maybe you were part of the group that that fit in. And and I'm not judging. I'm happy for you if your middle school time was great. But for many of us, it was not a great time. We were both overweight. Uh, Of course, I think I've talked before about the home we grew up in, or homes, plural. We were sort of the neighborhood outcasts. There was a lot of filth. It was just not good. So on the bus... Every day after school, we would get on the bus and there would be Bertha Butt and Lard Butt and all sorts of things. And they sometimes would throw things at us. So this happened every day. Well, the ringleader, and I'm going to make up a name, not that this person, I don't even, I mean, I have no idea where this person lives or what this person does. So I'm just going to make up the name. I'm going to call this person Chad Carter. So Chad Carter was the ringleader of all these kids who would say all these terrible things to my sister and to me every single day. So I thought, that's it. I'm going to name my inner voice Chad Carter. Now, the funny part of it is my husband, I said to my husband, I had an event recently and I was like, well, Chad Carter kept me awake last night. And he said, you really have to stop doing that (laughs) because, you know, it doesn't sound very good to say a man kept me awake all night. But It has really put a different spin on my inner critic. When I say out loud, well, Chad Carter told me that maybe I wasn't prepared enough or Chad Carter told me that those people might not like me or Chad Carter told me that I just need to not even try in the future. I just need to stop. It puts it in such a weird new light. It just makes it a little bit easier to think about and not be so upset by it all. So let me go back to the speaking story that I opened up with um, at that event that didn't go well. See, here's the thing is that Chad Carter um, tells me that that thing kind of thing is going to happen all the time. But the truth of the matter is it doesn't. And I'm not trying to pat myself on the back at all. There are always going to be really, really great engagements where the crowd and I just connect and I'm on my game and they're energetic and we just mesh and it's, it's wonderful. Then there are going to be some that are pretty good. You know, they're happy, I'm happy. And then there are going to be some that, well, you know, it was okay, but not my best. But only a couple of times in my speaking career has it just been flat out, oh my, nothing about this was good. But Chad Carter tells me it's going to be that way all the time. And here's one more thing that I just thought of. Um, If you listen to Sarah Steele's podcast, I think it was last week or a couple of weeks ago, um, I'll post a link to that as well. Before we, she talks about bouncing back after difficult situations and just, it was an amazing session. But during our talk before we recorded she kept trying to think of this book she wanted to talk about and then she emailed me like the next day it's the four agreements i'll post a link to that too um and the four agreements i don't remember word for word how this goes but one of the four tenets of i guess being happy living a good life forgive me if i'm off on this it's been years since i've read it but basically was don't get lots of value when you are praised. Don't let that make you feel really, really good. Because the problem is, if you do, then when you're not praised, you will go equally as deep as you did high, and you will feel really, really bad. And y'all, let me tell you, that can be tough when you do what I do. And I don't know what your particular thing that you struggle with, whether it's uh, jobs, relationships, I don't know. But it's so easy In anything you do, when you get praised, when I get a standing ovation or people coming up after talking to me, it would be easy to just be like, oh, okay, that's, I feel so good. That's so wonderful. Uh, But then if I have a day like that event, I told you before, I leave feeling terrible. So whatever it is that you do in your life, just be very, very careful to temper the value that you get from praise. Praise. Our values should come from something different. For me, it comes from, um, from the Bible and the way the Bible said I should live my life. So we all need to figure out where we get our value so that we can know when to tell Chad Carter to shut his big mouth, right? So those are the three things. You know, as, as hard as I've worked over my life to overcome the critic that took root in my head as a child... It's still there. Um, I think it'll be a lifetime process, but just giving it structure and trying to separate it and make it a separate entity um, is helping me. So, my friend and I, and maybe another friend or two, are going to work through this book just one week at a time, or actually every two weeks. And I'm just looking forward to. to to talking to them and sharing some things and growing a little bit more every single day. And I hope that you will do that as well. So I'll post a link to the book um, as long as well as the other things that I talked about. So that is our time for today. I hope this helped you as much as it helped me. Please pass the show link along to a friend or two and subscribe, download, rate, review wherever you are listening. It helps so much. Um, Head over to TammyWest.com to get information if you would like for me to speak at your next event. And also, you will find the promised information and links that I mentioned today. I would love for you to follow me on Facebook. That is my primary social media home at Facebook.com slash TammyWestSeminars. The link will be in the show notes. I am still suspending the monthly giveaway for a bit. Um, I have a new product that I think I'm going to order that will, will be much easier to order, ship, and carry with me. So stay tuned for that. But still, please leave me a comment on the show notes. It always helps. And thank you so much for listening and growing our little community. And finally, remembering our mental and emotional well-being goal, I hope that you will renew your thoughts daily, adopt empowering language that prevents verbal harm to yourself and others, And make positive mental and emotional choices every single day of your wonderful life. And until we're together next time, consider yourself hugged.